This is Box Elder School District Super Scoop, the podcast about the happenings in Box Elder School District. Today we are here with Assistant Superintendent Keith Meekum. Okay, you ready for some rapid fire questions? I am. Okay, ready? Yep. I'm not even going to ask the first one. You should. Okay, what's your favorite color, Keith? I'm colorblind, but I want you to know that, so I, gray. that I think it's blue. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite drink? So my favorite drink is uh, from Duke's over here uh-huh. uh, next to the district office, but it's an 80-20 blend, <laughs> 80% Diet Mountain Dew, uh-huh. 20% regular Mountain Dew. So the drink is Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. 80-20 is what I call it. I'm working on 85-15, but right now I'm stuck at 80-20. Okay, nice. It's not rapid fire, by the way. But... <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. What's uh, your favorite sport? It uh, has to be basketball. Nice. Yeah. Coached it for many years. Your dad, your grandpa, your every Meekum yeah. that's ever been born has coached basketball. Yeah. Shoe size? 13. And what's your favorite thing to do on vacation? I know it's going to sound a little crazy. <laughs> um, when we go on vacation, I love to – I'm enthralled with university – stadiums mm-hmm. and uh like arenas so if we go to you know if we go to a town and it has it's a university town i like to go check out the football field <laughs> i like to break in legally oh if the yeah. doors open i'm in visit we call visit. it, we call it visit. Visit. Yes. yeah and uh same thing with in a basketball arena i just love to you know get into some uh, uh great arenas um so kind of weird but i love to do that I uh, love to spend time on the beach. If you know, we don't have it much here yeah. in Utah. Um, <laughs> the Great Salt Lake is the Great more Salt beach. Lake is you know we need more water. But anyway, I, I enjoy going to the to the to the West Coast, uh, whether that's up in Portland or the Oregon coast, or whether that's down in uh, you know San Diego area. But uh, anyway, just being with family is great. But we do like to volunteer ourselves into <laughs> to buildings. <laughs> and uh, what's your favorite restaurant? Ooh, favorite restaurant. Any Mexican food is great for me. Uh, I like Rubens, uh-huh. uh, but I like Bella's. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's many others, that, but if a good Mexican restaurant, I like that. Not two entree. I like two entree. <laughs> that's another one that's pretty good, but it's probably not my favorite. I oh, don't okay. mind a nice little lunch. Uh, we're here with Keith Meekum. Um, Keith, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your title? What do you do for your job? Yeah. I appreciate that, Dave. So um, my name is Keith Meekum. I'm the assistant superintendent over personnel as my primary job. I'm also the Title IX coordinator for the district, and I dabble in student services as well. Um, I've uh, been in the district. This is my 30th year. Uh, started out as a teacher at Box Elder High School. Uh, I was a math teacher for 18 years, and then went into administration, was an assistant principal for three, and uh at uh, Box Elder High, and then I became the principal at Box Elder Middle School for four, and I'm just kind of finishing up my fifth year uh, as the assistant superintendent over personnel. Nice. You said some words in there that I don't know where they are. Title IX. What's Title IX? Yeah, so Title IX uh, is, Title IX has, it's, com- it's complex in the fact that it has, uh, one role is to ensure that we have equal access uh, for both uh, boys and girls in athletics. Uh, in terms of facilities, in terms of uh, when practices and and games are held, um, and uh, budgets and all of those things associated with that. But also, uh, there's also harassment that falls under uh, Title IX. And so, if we have any type of uh, sexual harassment that may occur inside the district, whether that's student on student 
or uh, obviously this would be terrible if we had employee on student, those situations come up and uh, I have to follow procedures to ensure that we've investigated those. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, you do a lot. I have a variety of hats. I enjoy <laughs> it. I get to work with a lot of different uh, people. And, uh, and I've, you know, I've, there's lots of things I love about my job. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about the things that you do love about your job. The people you get to work with, the both teachers, staff, uh, students a little bit, but how many teachers, principals, how many employees do we have in the district? Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. So, you know, primarily when I was a teacher, I just kind of, you work with your fellow teachers and you work with the office staff a little bit. And then all of a sudden you got a custodian. And then uh, how do kids, and then you're working with child nutrition. And the next thing you know, it takes a lot of people to educate a child. And we have, uh, it, it, it's kind of a moving target, but somewhere between 1,650 to 1,700 employees. Uh, certificated, which are your teachers, those with a professional, you know, with a license. Uh, those are roughly 635 uh, and then we have a thousand ESPs, our educational support professionals that work in a variety of settings from transportation to facilities, to IT, to secretarial, to the classroom paras. Um, I know I've left somebody out, uh, <laughs> but you know, we need all those individuals and I get a great opportunity to help in hiring and facilitating those jobs to uh, get filled. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned so many different positions that, you know, as people outside of education think, oh, there's a teacher and there's a principal. That's what runs a school. And you mentioned secretaries and custodians and food. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into supporting one student. Oh, for sure. I, again, one of my great uh, things that I love is I get to work with the ESP Association directly. Uh -huh. And uh, so these are all of our variety of individuals that help support education from getting them there to feeding them, to make sure the building's clean, to managing, you know, extra support. And so I meet with the, uh, we call it the BSPA Association, the Box Elder Educational Support Professionals Association. It's a mouthful, <laughs> but they're awesome. And uh, we're just always constantly trying to say, hey, how can we support you and your role as you support our, our students? Yeah. Uh, with all of those different roles, can you count how many acronyms there are in education? I think there's 43 <laughs> the last time I checked. Yeah. No, no. but uh, <laughs> I, you know, one of my, they're all important. We need yeah. everybody. One of my favorite parts of my job is going out and recruiting uh, teachers. Obviously, when you have a good teacher, you have learning going on uh -huh. and uh, finding good teachers and convincing them that, hey, Box Elder County, uh, Tremont or Brigham City area is a place for you uh, is something I truly enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I attend four, actually five job fairs uh, from SUU, Southern Utah University, Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State. Uh, Utah, I'll edit that out. I don't we'll think you can say, I don't think we don't you can say, say Utah State. State. Okay, just Utah Tech. <laughs> uh, Utah State University uh -huh. and BYU also has one. And then Weber State, they, they kind of have their own. And so we work with Weber State. And probably, uh, I would guess, 80% of our uh, new teachers come from Utah State University and Weber State University yeah. and WGU. Nice. Yeah, you're all over the state recruiting and getting people to come here. And so let, let's say you're down in U, Utah County where, you know, right now it's freezing here and it's 50, 60 degrees there. 
what are some things that draw people to want to come to Box Elder School District? Yeah, one of the things uh, we've had good success is generally people like to return to where they went to school or in the area. So if we go down, for example, to Washington uh, County, which is where Utah Tech is, you know, we got to leave beautiful weather in January and say, come on up to snow. But some people like that, especially if they've enjoyed it growing up. And so although they may have been educated in the Davis School District, coming up north and, uh, you know, they like the four seasons. They like how they can get into the mountains. They like not being in traffic. Uh, that is a big selling, selling point for uh, me is you got these two wonderful communities and it doesn't feel like commotion when you're in the Brigham City uh, area or even the Tremont and Garland area. Um, it's kind of a, a slower pace and yet I can get to Salt Lake in 50 to 60 minutes and where it gets crazy, but I don't have to live there. And I think that has been something that people truly like is I can get out into these neighboring communities uh, where we have a good mix of kids. We have farming influence. And, uh, you know, then we have these, what I would call one town high schools. Yeah. Uh, everybody's a bee or everybody's a bear. And it's not like Ogden where you have nine high schools and you're like, who are you rooting for? Uh, it's just, there's one, there's one school in town. And I love the fact that Tremont supports the bears. And I love the fact that Brigham City supports the bees. Yeah. There's, I've talked to some of the coaches that have come in that from all over the state had great reputations where they came from and wanted to come to Box Elder School District because, just like you said, the small community to raise their families. The, we're a big enough school that we can, we can compete and athletes can get recognized throughout the state, but we're small enough that we've got a small community. We know one another and... Everybody in your town roots for your school. It's a great place to be. Yeah, for sure. Those are, uh, those are all positives. We also sell the same point to our employees, like, come work for us. You're going to know the district office staff. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be in your classrooms. We are going to help you. Um, you have my cell number. It's not like seven tiers of leadership before we finally get to talk to the soup. You know, Superintendent Carlson's awesome to yeah. have conversations and being willing to talk to people. So this kind of smaller feel is great. Yet we're large enough when you add all the surrounding little communities that we actually have great opportunities, uh, you know, for all of our students. Yeah. Um, we talked about all of the different support staff, all the teachers and the things that it takes to educate one kid and make them feel safe at our school. Um, I've heard throughout the United States there's a teacher shortage. There's a work shortage. Are we feeling that in Box Elder School District? Yes, but not as bad as other places. Um, you know, we still, because of our proximity to Utah State and Weber State, we have a great relationship there. And we are able to bring their future teachers, the potential student teachers, into our school district. And so we've been able to, it's, we've been fortunate um, that we've been able to have those two good universities. And then WGU has a great kind of foothold in the area. And so between those three universities, uh, we've been able to hire most of our uh, employees. And so that's been positive. The, the trend that I'm a little worried about mm -hmm. is we have, 
and you know this a little bit, to our alternate or our uh, associate educator license route. Uh Uh, It's not a typical route of going through four years of college, you know, student teaching, becoming, coming out as a teacher. We have professionals that have done great things and they've decided now they want to go into education. That route is increasing, which I guess in some ways is helping us um, handle this worker shortage. Uh, But also... We've also seen an increase just this year. I think we hired seven teachers that were interns. Oh. So instead of them student teaching, we jumped in and got them. So I do see that there is a shortage. We've been able to, through a couple of creative ways, stay on top of it. But I am a little worried moving forward. Now, to that end, uh-huh. uh, five years ago when I came into this uh, role, I think teacher starting salary, and this might blow some people's minds, was $38,000. We're currently at 48833 <laughs> And with what's projected, you know, we could be up into the, you know, mid 50, 50,000s, uh, 53, 54, 55, uh, especially with House Bill 215 coming in with that extra money. So that's 15000 potentially increased in the last five years. You got to love it as a teacher. Is that going to draw more people? Is going to keep more people? It's hard to say. Yeah. And uh, you talked about kind of the alternate route uh, and the number of teachers that are coming into the field, which is a little bit lower. Um, what, is, what does Box Elder District do to help support new teachers, to help new teachers feel like they're cared for, that they can be successful that they really have a chance to succeed as a teacher? You know, that question is the number one question that new people ask me when I'm in a job, Uh a screening interview is like, what supports can you give me? So that's a great question. Um, Number one, I think we do a great job early of getting people kind of acclimated to what we do, how we do things here through our new teacher uh, trainings early I think they get a lot of good information. It probably is a little overbearing <laughs> and whew, flying over the yeah. head at some time. But I do think we do a great job of saying this is how we do things. Uh, we obviously have uh, uh, someone who oversees that program uh, who, who does a great job for us. Uh, we provide specific trainings, especially on classroom management. That is an area that every one of us can struggle if we're not on top of. And so I think that's a great resource early. Uh, One of the things that's really happened recently, and I think, and we're getting better, and I think eventually we'll get this K-12, and that is uh, everybody's always had a mentor, Uh someone who can take them underneath their wings. I'm not your evaluator. I'm not your principal. But let me help you kind of get through some of these things that happen, you know, day to day. Uh, And I think that's always been a solid, uh, a, a solid support. But now that we have, instructional coaches uh, in all of our buildings. Uh, And again, not all, but we're getting there and we'll be within hopefully the next year or two. uh, K-12 will have an instructional coach in every building who then can, you know, provide support and feedback on how am I doing? How am I teaching? You know, how could I do this better? And again, it's not the evaluative mode of, oh, I'm going to lose my job, but hey, how can we help you be supportive? That is something that's come a long ways. Uh, I think getting school counselors at the elementary level has also mm-hmm. been um, really effective in terms of just giving some additional support to teachers to help with maybe students that have some challenging issues. And probably the most important, and it probably is where we put our hat on in our district. I should have said it first, but I'm going to say it fourth. And that is 
our professional learning community. When we can get them a part of a meaningful team, because guess what, first teachers, they're struggling. They're like, what am I going to teach tomorrow? Yeah. Having a team that already knows scope and sequence, essential learning standards, how are we going to assess them, what those assessments look like, um, that gives great support and comfort knowing that I can walk in and I don't have to recreate everything every day. And I really think you know our PLC team leaders and teams do a great job. And I think that does bring a lot of comfort for our, our new teachers. Not that they can't improve it because they can. Right. But early when they're a little tentative, they sure, uh, I think that support is probably the best. Yeah. One eye-opening thing to me is I just got actually a report today about instructional coaches throughout the state. And in Box Elder, our goal is to have one coach, a minimum of one coach per building. And I got some reports from different districts that they've got one instructional coach for five buildings. Mm. And I've talked to those instructional coaches and I said, what do you do? We don't have time to get stuff done. And our instructional coaches are really in with the teachers. They're in with first year teachers. They're in with second year teachers. They're in with 25 year teachers. They're in their professional learning communities. Our instructional coaches are really good at being coaches. You and I have both been a coach and in sports world, um, everybody needs a coach. doesn't matter how good you are, how much you're learning, everybody needs a coach. And so I think that's one advantage that Box Hiller School District has done is they've really put that support in classroom teaching and saying, we know this is important. We want that support. Yeah, I, 100%. And when we go in to quote unquote sell our district, uh, th those are things that we talk about because it does make a difference. And our feedback is, is it does make a difference yeah. and they do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're going to keep trying to get better at it, but, you know, supporting our teachers are critical when they're, when they're supported, they're happy and they're, and they're doing well and kids learn. And when they're not, they're, you know, they're not on their A game. That makes kids not able to learn like they should. And then it, it is problematic for sure. Yeah. It is nice as a classroom teacher to have somebody to be able to talk to and say, hey, I'm frustrated. Here's what's going on. It's not my administrator that is a friend. And you talked about mentors, PLC teams, coaches. We've got lots of support. So um, that is one thing that Box Hiller does really well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that the things that Box Hiller has done in the last few years to make instruction better, to make those support systems better for those students, uh, really has grown our district, and to me, shows that we care that students learn and that students are taken care of and not just educated, but they're fed. We've got counselors in every school that can help students who are struggling. Um, we've got uh, paraprofessionals that are there to help the kids that are struggling, really bring them up and all those things. So I think they've done a great job. You know, I was in a meeting today, uh, just why I was late, actually. Um, that talked about uh, a survey we sent out to our, our staff about mental health mm -hmm. and uh, the supports that we need to continue to provide uh, the uh, education piece of that and that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to take a day off when I need to go re-energize and, uh, you know, there's a little miscommunication that I can't take a day off if I'm, you know, <laughs> sick quote, mentally. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is we don't have any of those limitations on our sick days. And so we need to do a better job of communicating that. But uh, 
overall, you know, we're, we're making progress and we uh, still have room to improve and uh, we look forward to doing that. You know, one of the other challenges is we have DLI and it's not necessarily a challenge, but it's something that's in our district. And yeah. so one of the roles I have to play is helping teachers get J-1 visas and H-1B <laughs> visas and green cards. And we're so grateful for our Spanish and DLI teachers. Yeah. You know, they sacrifice much, many of them, to leave a country, uh, in many cases, their family. And then they come, and again, they've made our district stronger for who they are, what they are, uh, and what they do for kids and families. Uh, but, you know, with the government kind of tape that we sometimes have to cut through, it's been a challenge. But, uh, again, that's another group of individuals that have really made our district stronger and better. And it's a selling point for communities when they come and go, oh, we have DLI. There are families that love to have those programs, and we have them, you know, pretty strong in both ends of the district yeah. now. And we've got uh, four schools that have Spanish dual immersion, right? And one school that has Chinese. Yeah, and and you would say that with Willard Three Mile Creek being, yeah, being one, one school, one program, Lakeview, uh, and then uh, North Park and Garland. Yeah, and then we have Golden Spike. So four Spanish, one Chinese. Yeah, um, I think that. Uh, I think it's important to know what is happening in Box Elder School District more than just teachers and principals. We've got all of the staff, um, and I think that in the five years you've been here, you do, you've done great to expand the resources that students have access to. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I will just tell you, my staff with you know Megan Heiner, Kim Bott, Cindy Romney, many others uh -huh. do a ton of work, and then really the hiring load is on the principals. You know, I sometimes get credit indirectly. I just do the initial contact. All the hard work is really principals and then their teams, their teacher teams that interview and help people. And then obviously our directors of some of our support staff carry all the load. But it is fun to kind of be the initial point uh, occasionally and, and try to convince people to come to these communities.